1: on lock on lock, lock,
0: lock, lock on, lock, 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 on. Lock, lock on cowboys
1: lock on cowboys. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for tuning in. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You can find me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. And joining me today is Lena McCool. You can follow him on Twitter at McCoolBCB. You can also check him out on the Best Ghost Boys podcast. Landon, how are you doing today, sir?
0: I'm doing well. I'm I'm actually more worried about you. You've been gone for so long, and uh, and and uh, had you know clearly a, a time with it. But uh, I'm glad you're here. You're you're upright as for the most part, and uh, we're yeah. gonna, we're gonna do a podcast.
1: Yeah. So for the people, I mean, there's been a lot of people that have reached out. And I, I thank you guys all. Uh, just had a little a little surgery this week. We're good. We're day to day, as Jason Garrett would say. So
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh, we're we're gonna try to get through this podcast. Uh, it feels weird. This is the first time we've talked since, what, ap- the day after the Chicago game? I think that's right, um, yeah. Yeah, it, I mean, a lot has happened, but not really anything has happened, right? We, we haven't really had any big uh, any big roster moves. It's not like a coach has got fired, uh, but it seems like a lot has happened over the last couple of weeks. Uh, today, Lennon, I want to talk about the Cowboys going forward the rest of this season. I, I know there's a lot of people out there that want us to talk about which coach should the Cowboys hire uh, what should they do this offseason? Who should they draft? Blah, 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 blah. We're going to get to all that, you know, in probably in the next couple weeks. But today I want to talk about what can the Cowboys do over the next three games to improve their team, to get better and potentially make a playoff run. Because as we sit here today, uh, the Thursday before the Cowboys play the Rams, the Cowboys are still atop of the NFC East. They're still on track to host a home playoff game. Uh, and we, we need to talk about what the Cowboys can do to get better. So let's let's go ahead and start there. I, I want to start on offense. Um, the Cowboys offense has been uh, pretty good for most of the season. They lead a lot of categories, but there have been some up and downs uh, over the last couple of weeks. How can this Cowboys offense get more consistent and better over these final three weeks? I mean, that's
0: the, that's the $10,000. I mean, that's the question I bet Jason Garrett's asking himself a lot right now. Uh, uh I, You know, to me... I I think a lot of it starts with simply playing better. You know, I I just I think I've gone back and looked at a lot of this stuff and and, and it's and really it's just, you know, they've been putting themselves in bad positions. They haven't been, um, you know, executing at key points. I mean, the defense, it just feels like. Has lost its way to a certain degree. The offense, mm-hmm. the, the offense, it's it, it feels more like they it's it's a constant series of, uh, you know, managing to shoot themselves in the foot at the worst possible times.
1: And, and it does feel like it's more execution based on offense, doesn't it?
0: Uh, I mean, it it well, I mean, I think it's execution on both sides, but but I think specific like down execution, like inconsistent. Uh, the, the thing that's maddening about the offense is that uh you know it feels like they've got it together eighty five percent of the time yeah
2: uh, but absolutely, but yeah. that
0: fifteen percent that they don't have it together is either in the red zone or on third down when they need to convert so uh it's it's not translating it's it's a lot of offense that's not translating into points.
1: All right, so my my question, really quickly for you, yeah, Lane, yeah. is when you're when you're trying to play a ball control style of offense, and I still think to a degree that's what the Cowboys are. I, I know that they're scoring a ton of points this year, but they want to they want long drives. Is it just harder to maintain that kind of consistency down in and down out where you have to be so efficient on third downs? Because to me, this is an offense that you know when it was at its best early in the season, they were creating a, bi- a bunch of big chunk plays. We haven't really seen those over the last couple of weeks and maybe that's why they've been a little bit more inconsistent and off to slower starts. Do you agree with that? Yeah, I mean I think when they
0: when they feel clearly when they feel the need that they have to, you know, run the ball consistently on first down. I, I mean, I've kind of been harping on the idea that it's come down to really what they do on first downs, you know, as a as a, as a whole during a game because they're so good on second down. They're Mm -hmm. one of the best teams on third down, probably because they're one of the best teams on second down.
1: Yeah, absolutely. If
0: they could figure out a way to just avoid third downs, uh, they would be fine. But the problem is, is that you know, I mean, despite being one of the better teams on third down, like you know, they still manage to, to kill drives at inopportune times, and you know, it's it's. It's it's kind of maddening because, like I said, the offense seems to have a level of consistency at times, and then just it falls off at inopportune times. Whereas the defense, to me, like it's just been consistently bad. Like I just, yeah, I, I I, I'm at the point now where it, when they're on the field, where I mean, I didn't believe that they could stop the Bears.
1: Well, you just feel like a field goal, so having the opponent settle for a field goal it's is such a win. a win.
0: Yeah, it's like you know, it's
1: unbelievable. And so, and that's um, that's why I'm nervous about this week. I mean, I, again, we need to preface this because this Rams game is nowhere near as important as a lot of people are making it seem. But it, it would not shock me if they give up 30 points or more against this Rams team because I just don't know if they have the answers on defense to to stop a good running game. They have not shown that ability this season.
0: Yeah, and and you know, it's funny. I did the crossover with the with the Rams guys. Ram guy Braden. You know and he and he kind of prefaces it like this is a big game, it's a rematch of the playoff game and how how important is this game to you? And I was it's like, not. I was like, honestly, it's not. <laughs> it's like I was it's like, not. and that's the problem maybe is that it's it's not even not important it's not even just not important uh, for you know this playoff scenarios, you know technically, but it, it just doesn't even seem important to the Cowboys fans. like Cowboys fans have kind of just conceded you know and just given yeah. give, i mean not not even just at this game like i think think half of them have conceded the season so there's half of the cowboys fandom that's just like this is you know even if we get in the in the in the playoffs it's not going to mean anything so they especially are you know uh you know hyped up or uh, excited about this game and then there's another half that views well maybe we'll get in the playoffs but either way this game isn't that important to us and it, it probably is going to be a drubbing so i, I just feel like there's a level of low expectation, low energy that's going into this game. I mean, at least for the Cowboys fandom side, I don't know if the Cowboys are like that, but you know, I I think from their point of view, it's they've been taking such heavy criticism for the last three weeks, uh, and if, you know, at least now they've finally had. Whatever, ten days off or whatever it is that they've, yeah. they finally got the break that they. I, re, I, mean, I really think that that may have been part of just ha- some of the disgusting play. It's just that kind of, oh, I, you know, never, yeah, that, never that, really that three catching games their in breath. Days. That, that, yeah. that, that's
1: it, It's ridiculous. Yeah. We say this every year, and uh, I know. I know that we complain about it a lot, but man, that just takes out so much from you. It's so, a, it's so you. hard, man. It's impossible, and especially when you're playing two of those three games are on the road, yeah. and they're against teams that you're not that you know familiar with. I think actually Dallas would have better success when they're playing like a Philadelphia or Washington, uh, like we saw last year. Remember they played Washington on Thanksgiving. Those are teams they don't really have to game plan against because yeah. they already know what they're facing. Uh, But when you get in here and you have three days to prepare for a Buffalo team that you see once every four years, yeah, it's tough. Um, Let's take a quick break. I want to come back. We're going to talk about the defense because this is the group, and you mentioned uh, that we have the most questions about. And, you know, it's maybe the most uh, troubling unit on the team.
2: They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day.
1: Alright Landon, uh, over the last three weeks the Cowboys defense has been uh, shaky at best. I thought they played pretty well uh, in the New England game, but the Buffalo and Chicago game, uh, the tackling was all over the place. Uh, You're not getting very many people stepping up. I I think DeMarcus Lawrence is the one guy that you can point to and say, you know, he's played well. Uh, well, I mean, other than tackling, because I think that's obviously the big problem here, right? The Cowboys just aren't tackling well. Other than tackling, what can the Cowboys do over the final three weeks to help, you know, improve that, you know, shaky defense?
0: Well, you know, it's funny. In the the last segment, we were just discussing. You know, the idea that they played three games in 11 days, and besides being physically beat up and tired from all that, you know, you have to imagine they're just... And the other thing you mentioned is, you know, they played some uncommon op- opponents in those in that stretch. You have to imagine they're probably were mentally exhausted, too. I mean, just the exhaustion from having to travel and, and prepare for a different opponent than what you're used to, and, you know, it's just... It, I think it... Uh, you know, it just it, it it adds up, and and so I think really, Absolutely, I yeah. think really getting this time off hopefully uh, helps with their you know level of concentration on what's going on you know with their their fundamentals. You know, I think the first thing that goes when you get tired, you you get mentally exhausted, is uh, the things that you do you know uh, uh, you know kind of routinely and, and and that sort of thing like the 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 kind of overcoach things. I think they they just got slack on their discipline and and they mm-hmm. you know that that reaches out to specifically gap discipline in the run game and and just you know being aware of what they're supposed to be doing versus what is being presented to you and I, and, I, and so I, I hope that what we'll see is you know it, it'll manifest itself as a as a more crisp team hopefully but what it is 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 hopefully that they they've gotten some time to kind of re- regroup Get some rest, refocus, uh, and prepare down the stretch. Now, I I don't, I mean, you know, I wouldn't bet on it at this point. It's hard to feel like you can rely on that for sure. But I I think that that is, if there is an opportunity for this team to uh, improve in the last few weeks or or kind of right the ship, it's in the idea that, you know, uh, there's a, a, a level of focus change just because they've gotten all that extra time off to kind of regroup and, and resettle after a you know totally brutal three games in 11 days, as you said.
1: Yeah, I want to talk about some maybe changes the Cowboys could make on defense. Uh, obviously, Antoine Woods is supposed to come back this week. Uh, that should help, at least a little bit inside. Uh, but is there any other moves you think the Cowboys could make on defense to just give them some energy, maybe you know, play in some – uh, Donovan Wilson, you know, more down in the box, maybe playing some Joe Thomas or Luke Gifford, uh, instead of Sean Lee to give you some more athleticism. Uh, is there anything like that you think could, you know, potentially spark the Cowboys defense?
0: Well, I mean, I think it's, you, you, I mean, I don't know if this is like what you're talking about specifically, but I maybe mean, you did mention it. I, I do think there's an opportunity for Joe Thomas to get a lot more playing time just because, you know, it seems like Sean Lee is, is not a hundred percent, uh, not, you know, not surprising. Um, and and i think you know joe thomas is a guy that you know i think maybe his play might have helped a little bit against the rams last year just because yeah i agree i think yeah. you know you assume that leighton van der eschen wasn't going to have the kind of game that they ended up having and in a playoff game uh and, but i think that was one of leighton's you know worst games uh i i think that at the very least, Joe Thomas, I mean, he could set a floor for you on linebacker play, which uh, could be acceptable. Um, and uh, outside of that, you know, I think really really, it's about this team, especially on defense, you know, just it, locking up the things that it's supposed to be doing well. I mean, you know, that's the thing. I mean, you could say what you want about scheme, whether you like it complicated or simple, Um when it's simple, it's not like you are adding it's simple like our defense is in order so that you can play fast. It's not about like you know, adding schematic you know, plans to, to, to attack a defense different attack an offense differently or or that. It's it's about, you know, going back and correcting fundamentals so that you're not out of mm-hmm. place, you know, and so you're not missing your mark and therefore being exposed. Um, you know, I don't know that the scheme is is be I don't know that the defensive scheme is being exposed, uh, but what is happening is that they are taking advantage. Teams are taking advantage of, I would say, the weakness of this defense, which is if for some reason you're unable to execute at a high level, then the efficiency of this defense you know drops precipitously. Right? Like it's it's right, that's right. the thing is that it, it, the only thing that makes this defense work. Is that people that are inside the defense are running it very well and very fast. Otherwise, I'd rather you know have a more complicated defense that maybe has a screw up once in a while. But I think the only way that this kind of defense is going to work is if there's high levels of execution and speed. And right and right now that's not happening, and so it, it makes the defense look inept to say the least.
1: Yeah, I I have problems with the scheme, and we can talk about that some other day. But I do agree with your your point though there, this they're is not the best version
0: up. of the scheme, you know. That that's the <laughs> right. The, like, this right. is not like you know the oh well. This is the best the scheme can do, and it's being exposed. The scheme isn't being executed to its its fullest, and they're and thereby creating the weakness that you see, right?
1: I I can't emphasize enough how much this team misses uh, the 2018 version of Leighton Vander Esch because mm-hmm. uh, they miss the guy that will make every tackle four yards down the field. Now I don't I know that doesn't seem like a big deal, but. Uh, we talked about this, I remember, over the, over the offseason where Jalen Smith is your big play uh, disruptor creator guy. He's, gonna go in guy. There.
0: he's the variance yeah, guy. He's the variance
1: yeah. guy. He's a high variance. He's going to go blow up guards. He might not always make the tackle, but he's going to cause chaos. You needed a Leighton Van Der Esch behind him to just clean everything up. That wasn't what Van Der Esch was this year. He obviously was uh, pretty banged up with a neck injury, and now you don't have that guy. So you're starting to see these... Runs that should be three or four yard gains are all of a sudden turning into nine yard runs, 15 yard runs, and the Cowboys just can't seem to get teams into long third downs. And then when they do, uh, team, you know, they're just not able to make a play on third down, they're not able to get a turnover, they're not able to bring down the quarterback, uh, they're not able to get the pass deflection. So it's just a, a combination of things that have caused this defense, uh, to really struggle. And you know, there, again, there's three games left. I'm not sure there's an answer that you can say, hey, this is what this team needs to do better, and they're going to all of a sudden get better because I, I just don't think they have the talent at certain positions to do it. Um, what I do want to talk about this really quickly. And, uh, we, we mentioned the safety play. Uh, Xavier Woods has been up and down over the last couple of weeks. He's been you know, struggling with tackling. Uh, Jeff Heath has missed the last couple of weeks. How much do you think the team is missing Jeff Heath? I, I know we don't talk about him enough on this podcast, but – he is a fairly reliable safety, uh, and it seems like whenever they have to put anybody else in that role, uh, it seems like the defense drops off. Do you think he's going to give them a boost on Sunday?
0: I think this is a false, you know, uh, examination of what's happening because, and here's the problem: is that we've been conditioned into believing that. Well, I mean, at least it's Jeff Heath, you know, and so like my issue is that we've have. We have – and it's been established that we've got problems at defensive tackle and strong safety. Yep. And, you know, we get Antoine Woods back and we get Jeff Heath back. And, yeah, it, is it better than it was without those guys? Yes, of course it's still it was. great. But it's I, not I great. <laughs> it's not no. good. Like, I mean, we, the problem is still a problem even with those players there. Okay, so, do you
1: think that's why the front office was so aggressive in trying to get Jamal Adams because they knew – that part of their defense was so weak, and if they could get a strong player there, it might help turn this defense around, because when I watch them on Sundays or Thursdays or whatever they play on, Dallas just looks like they lack any kind of physical nature or toughness in their secondary, and I think, I think that comes from a strong safety position. You don't have a guy there that's an enforcer at all.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think that uh, I, I think that there isn't that player on this defense. You know, I mean, I think the only guy that he could, even could function on that level right now would be Kayvon Frazier, and he's not here, you know, and he's not playing. You kind of forget about Kayvon.
1: Yeah. I, I mean, Kayvon's somebody we don't talk about on this podcast enough, but when you put him in that one role in the box, he was pretty good at that. That was the one thing they he do could do. But I mean, he was also
0: easily exposable in that role, and that's, again, goes back to the problem. You need a yeah. guy who could play in that position who is also not a huge liability in coverage because that is a position that teams have over the years learned how to exploit uh, very well.
1: Do you think that's their biggest weakness entering the offseason? Because, you know, if you would have talked to me a year ago about the safety position, I would have kind of brushed it off because strong safety is not the most important position in the NFL. But in this specific defense, it, it does feel like that's the one piece that they're really missing to take the next step.
0: I I uh, I actually think I, I am. Uh, I, I think owning has kind of worked on me a little bit with this too. I am now completely all in on working against the idea of not get going out and getting a massive, useful starting nose tackle.
1: Yeah, I, I'm I'm in the same boat I, as you. I, are that
0: now. to me, strong yeah. safety is. I mean, I've always felt like we need defensive tackle help for sure. Uh, I've kind of waved it off to uh, Marinelli and his deference to him. Uh, I think strong safety has obviously been a position that needed, that still needs upgrading and will continue to need upgrading until they do something solid about it. But to me, if this whole situation has proven anything, you've got an arsenal of pass rushers. You know, you've got guys outside, you guys, guys, you can kick inside you're still not managing to make hay because you can't get anything pushing the front of the pocket in, 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 a, in, a, in, in the pass game. In a, and then on top of that, you're getting gashed in the run game. And the Especially, guy, on early yeah. Especially on early downs.
1: Especially on early down. And that's the problem is too many times teams are in second and two against Dallas.
0: They need to just gut up and, and realize, okay, it's going to cost us, but you know what? A first-round defensive tackle who can play both both ways – who can actually give you at least a push to pocket element in the in the defense and uh, a pass a pass rusher, but who can also dominate the line of scrimmage? You know, in the run game, I, I know that it, metrics wise it doesn't seem to make sense, but it's hard to ignore that 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 isn't exactly what this defense is missing. And and frankly, let's say you want to go to switch to a different type of defense, uh, you know, if you decided to, to change you know ships and 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 coaching staffs. I kind of feel like you still need that guy, even, yeah, even either yeah. way. So I am kind of at the point now where, uh, yeah, Antoine again—it's this kind of shifting thing. Antoine Woods was such a surprise, but he was still a surprise undrafted free agent. It, it was, you know, right. like he goes out and gets Roseman as his as his you know agent, and, and thinks that he's going to sign some top five defensive ta- dude. You have not been playing that well. Like, you know what sure. I'm saying? And Cowboys fans need to realize that, too, that him coming back is not necessarily – he makes some plays, and he does some stuff and, and that you really like, but this is not like a, a premier player in the middle of your defense l- like you need it. This, this, this team yeah. suddenly went from having a lot of strength seemingly in the middle of the, of the defense to being pretty soft in the middle of the defense.
1: Yeah, we've been kind of trained to look at only at three techniques, right? I mean, over the last, I don't know how many drafts we've talked about together and discussed, but we're always searching for that up the field three technique that can get to the quarterback. Uh, But we've seen now that you can have a guy like Malik Collins, who I think is a really good pass rusher, be absolutely useless because you can't even get to third downs where they can thrive. And I'm on this boat now where I'm fine spending a, top 20 pick on a defensive tackle who you think can demand double teams and that you can, that can hold the pocket because uh, I I've seen what the Cowboys defensive line looks like with a ton of talent with Bennett, with Lawrence, with Quinn, with Gregory last year, but it's just too easy for good quarterbacks, especially to step up in the pocket and have big throwing lanes because the Cowboys have nothing there. Uh, so I, I do agree that that's a spot where the Cowboys could upgrade. Um, Really quickly, Landon, before we go, the Cowboys did make a, a kicking move uh, <laughs> this week. They they finally released Brett Maher. Uh, they signed Kai Forbath. What a long uh, week this has been. Good Lord. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Gee, I, don't, uh, I don't need to tell does, you, but... <laughs> th- yeah. Uh, does, uh, does that do anything for you? I mean... For me, it's no. I'm glad they made a change, but it's not. I certainly don't feel better about Kai Forbath. I don't feel better about kickers. You know, that's the thing. It's, it's, it's. I agree with you. That it's just
0: it's. It's almost not reportable to me. Like unless you sign Justin Tucker, it's. You know, I again the people that are complaining about kickers, I get it because it's frustrating. But at the same time, I really, at least in the last three or four years, it seems to me. That No kicker is any better than any other kicker, really.
1: Outside of maybe one or
0: two. Outside of, yeah, maybe one or two. And then outside of that, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. All
1: right, so here, here would be my argument for not just kickers, but what the Cowboys should do with their, their kicking situation. I felt like in the past that the Cowboys were too what? conservative once they got inside the 40-yard line with some of their play calling on third downs what? because – they felt comfortable that Brett Maher could make 50-plus yard field goals. Um, I think now with Forbath, who doesn't have the biggest leg in the world, I would like the Cowboys to be more aggressive in those type of situations, not relying on your kicker. Right? Just assume we're only going to kick field goals if it's uh, you know a field goal is going to win us the game, or we have no other choice. It's a fourth and 15. You know what I mean? If it's a fourth and three from the 33-yard line. I'm not worrying about my kicker. I'm not putting it in his hands. I'm not putting it in Kai Forbest's legs, I guess. I would just like the Cowboys to be be more aggressive to avoid having to rely on a kicker. Do you agree with that? Yeah, I
0: mean, the idea that essentially that, you know, uh, you don't over overrate your kicker and, and, and rely on him as a as a that yeah look moving away from the Dan Bailey model is a good idea because yes. you don't have Dan Bailey anymore and even the last year you had Dan Bailey you didn't have Dan Bailey anymore so yeah right I, I'm I'm with that
1: yeah so I, that was my problem in I don't, I'm trying to remember what season that was 2014 where the Cowboys basically thought hey if we get to the end of the game our kicker is better than your kicker we're gonna win a kicking battle. Uh, I I don't want to see the Cowboys try to play that model anymore. I'd like to see them be more aggressive and avoid all kicking situations if possible. Uh, The other good thing about Kai Forbath is he's one of the worst kickers in the league on extra points. Maybe the Cowboys should be a little bit more aggressive (laughs) uh, going for two. And and actually, I'm kind of joking, but uh, Dallas has been pretty good at two-point conversions over the years. It it would not be the worst thing in the world for them to be a little bit more aggressive in those situations. Um, We will see how it plays how it plays out. Uh, I'm not optimistic uh, that Forbath is going to be dramatically better than Brett Maher. Uh, I'm not sure he can be dramatically worse, so we will see. Uh, that is it for today's show. Thank you for tuning in. Make sure you download and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Follow and at McCoolBCB. You can follow the show at Locked on Cowboys, And I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier, and we will see you next time.